Hi everyone, welcome to the Polygon Forest. I am Vin. And I'm Chris. Uh, let's do this. So today we're going to be talking about, uh, what are we going to be talking about? We're going to be talking about some uh, Xbox and Bethesda stuff. We've got uh, some new, weird news out of Rockstar, I guess. Yeah. And uh, some more features that are coming around with uh, Xbox. Maybe a couple of other tidbits uh, on the other end of that. We shall see. But uh, first, yeah. new podcast, first episode. Yes. Uh, Mr. Chris Jarvis. Uh, we should probably introduce ourselves and then... Yeah. Uh, anyone that's listening can sort of figure out if they want to continue to watch this. If, if you know, I, I don't know. Um, we <laughs> so can tell them what, they're, what we're all about. Tell, yeah. tell us who you are. Right. Yeah. I mean, I am Vin Hill. Hello. And this is Mr. Krista Jarvis. Um, do you want to tell people like where, like what we're about and uh, where we met and stuff, I guess, like so, you can kick us off with that? Yeah. We went to Norwich University of the Arts, as it's now called. Um, many moons ago. Many moons ago. And we graduated yeah. in, I believe it was 2012. 2012, yeah. That we graduated. So we're coming up for 10 years. Oh, God, it makes you feel old, right? Yes. And um, we were on the games art and design course. Yep. Um, I was more into the 3D side of things. And you were very much more into the 2D side of things, I guess you could say. Yeah, we yeah we were on opposite sides of the fence, I guess. Like mm. we we were the the enemies of the art world, I guess, like, <laughs> which is weird in retrospect, but yeah, it's kind of a thing. It was mainly it was more like um, looking over the fence, going, "Oh, I wish I could do that." Right. Yeah. I was like, "Man, that guy can do 3D. I wish I could do 3D." And yeah. now I do a lot of 3D, which is weird, but yeah, different different story for a different time, I guess. And I do more coding, which wasn't even on the course. Yeah. So. Right. <laughs> Yeah, it doesn't make any sense. But yeah, that, that's that's pretty much how university goes, especially if you are going in now a very uh, specific sort of uh, mindset of what you think you're going to do, and then you come out the other end doing something completely different nine times out of ten. So yeah, to that be is fair, though, they did t they did say that they said most people won't be doing. They did, but we did not course. listen. Why no. would we listen? Like it, people don't listen to that. I want to be a concept artist, and it's like, yeah, okay, sure you are. Go and for then, it. And then what happened? Uh, okay, I, I am I am actually a concept artist. <laughs> so, it kind of worked out worked eventually, out. eventually, but it didn't it didn't in the beginning. Like there was so a few went... years, there was a few years after uni which I did not like do anything with my time. So how, how yeah. many how many years before you prof paid professionally for doing concept art? Oh God! So graduated in twenty twelve. Um, paid professionally. Now that mm. is. Yeah, I'm not sure. So I, I had like a few freelance gigs, I guess, like here and there. And when I say a few, I mean like once a year, pretty much. Like, okay. So really, really small jobs. Um, so until 2014 was when I got probably my first gig. And then I didn't break into actual studio working full time as a concept artist until 2015. So it was three years. Yeah, it was just over three years. Like so afterwards, three years before. after uni before it started to make you money. Yeah. Before it be paid off, sustainable, I right? And even that is debatable. Money. Even mm. that is debatable. Yeah. Like the first when you like when you break in as a junior, like you make no money. Like you, mm. you are like you're you're in poverty pretty much. Like that's the only way to really describe it. But you know, it's it's a stepping stone. And then when you get to the when you get to become just like normal concept art and you drop the junior bit, that's when it all that's when everything sort of explodes and it's it's all good. But yeah, that's cool. 
So that was um, a few years. And then what are you doing now? Uh, right now I am at Ubisoft in Montreal, which is, Christ, it's, it's been, it's quite a weird sort of convoluted story of my like career. Like I, we, we went to Norwich University um, College of the Arts or whatever the hell it's called now. It was anyway, like it, that's what it was when I first started yeah. like in 2007 or something. That was the name of the uni, and then they changed it to NUA, and then NUCA, and then it was, uh, it's, they keep changing the name, it's annoying as hell. Anyway, was there, and then I moved to Japan randomly, because I was like, yeah, I'm going to be an English teacher, why not? So then moved to Japan, then I broke in over there, and then I moved to the US, and then I was freelancing there, and then I moved up here into Canada and Montreal, and that's where I am now, in a studio. Hmm. So, jumping around quite a bit. But how about you? Like, have you been, have you been jet-setting around the world? Where are you? Uh, so I'm in Toaster in Northamptonshire. So nice. I, I, Exotic. I went up 20 minutes up the road from my hometown. <laughs> so yes. that's as far as I, I went. I envy you. I envy you. Like the fact that you didn't have to move, I envy you. Uh, yeah, that's true. Yeah, the less moving is, is, is good. But that kind of um, shows that I'm not kind of in the industry now. Right. So I guess my my path was straight out of uni managed to get a job at the sunday times which was just don't know how i did that landed on my feet with that that was, that's pretty cool um like full-time pay position it was pretty cool yeah. um it was actually um classed as casual work because of the way the media works so it um it ended very abruptly um right. i i did a few months at sony in cambridge and as it was okay. turning into gorilla at the time it's no longer there now. What, um, what game were they working on at the time? Was it? Um... It was Killzone Mercenary. Right. Okay. Yeah, that was the uh, Vita game, right? The PS Vita game. So I'm on yeah, the credits yeah. for that, which is cool. With a special nice. thanks. I've got a special there you thanks. Go. That, that's it. That's that's all. Like that's the goal of like everyone going into uni as like a games yeah. artist. I guess is just get on credits. Like yeah. that's the that's the top thing. And then as soon as you do that, you're happy. Like okay, take that off and do yeah. something else now. I can definitely take that off the box. Definitely. There you go. Um. And then I went back to uh, I went back to um, Sunny Times for mm -hmm. a few months, and then I was a t-shirt designer for a few years. Uh, or was I? Or was I a draw? I was a draw salesman for a bit. Nice. It's different. <laughs> yeah. You know, like why and not? Then, and then I was in the automotive industry for a few years, and then that sort of fell down. And now I'm a salesman in the veterinary industry. But I found myself in the position where I can afford to own the equipment to be an indie dev now. Awesome. So on the side, in my spare time, I'm making an indie game. Very cool. Yeah, but I mean, it's we were. I mean, we've discussed this off camera as well. Like the whole fact that nowadays, like compared to how we started out, like we couldn't really like do any of this stuff. Like that, what people can do nowadays, just with like a home computer and just getting started to do their own things. Um, the fact that you can just like, why, why aren't I not making, why am I not making an indie game right now? And the fact that you've sort of come to that realization, now you've just dived in, now you're doing it. Yeah. You've learned, you're learning how to code. Like you, you've got levels up and running. Like that's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. I did dive in a few, like every so often I'd dip my toe in, it would just be too hard. And then I would just quit. Right. Yeah. Uh, and that was a combination of it being too hard and also the equipment just not being up to scratch. I had mm -hmm. a Mac basically and um <laughs> that'll do it. <laughs> it i got it for my first year in uni because i'm dyslexic so i got it as part of a it was for free oh nice so okay. it was like the base spec imac that you got but that lasted me for you know 10 years so can't. that is the good thing about macs yeah. like they like my, i bought a mac in like 2014 my i 
handed it down to my wife like she still uses it and it's still super fast it's perfect like still runs great yeah and yeah so if you if you want a computer that lasts buy a mac not sponsored yes no exactly <laughs> and unless you want to get into high-end 3d modeling right. then it's not great it's not ideal it's, yeah. no it's not ideal word yeah, processing yeah, yeah. That's, you know, oh, yeah. take that away web. you'll be yeah. great awesome yeah, if you're an author, <laughs> go for it. Yes, exactly. Yes. Yeah. So uh, how how uh, how far are you into development then? Are you are you um, like are you feeling good about it? Like where you're getting up to? Or uh, that is an interesting turn of phrase. Feeling good about it because right. it's a game that's about the stages of grief. Nice. Uh, so happy, happy, happy game. fun time game, especially awesome. in a when you're living on your own in a pandemic. Yeah. It's kind of been put on the back burner somewhat. I can only work on it when I'm feeling up to it. So Makes it sense. depends on mental health. Because one of the reasons why I'm doing it is to for that creative outlet and to do something productive with my time. So if, if I'm doing it and it feels like a chore, then I just stop doing it because right. it's, it's not worth it mentally. Yeah, I mean, I think everyone, like every artist as well, has got like 10 projects that they jump around from. And I think that is the main reason why they jump around a lot is because it all depends on like how they're feeling, yeah, uh, what they're doing. You know, like if they're going through like a really depressing time or something, they don't really want to be working on something that is just constantly compounding that. Exactly. And and there's the opposite as well. Like you don't want to always make a happy, happy, fun time game. Like if you're having a bad day, you're like, oh, I don't care about your jumps and stuff like that. You just... You're just not in the mood for it, so. Well, that's going to be the second game. It is going to be like right, I was the happy fun. The game. next one might be a comedy. So. Right there you go. <laughs> to like there you counteract go. it. Yeah, I um, mean the the good thing that you could do is like develop both games at the same time and just jump between them. I know it's probably like frowned upon. Like a lot of developers would say to you, like, "Oh no, don't do that. Just stick to one and finish consistency. it." Consistency. Yeah, yeah. yeah. That's the key I mean, to finishing. But like, it's a good point though because the end result. The reason why I did it was, like I say, the creative output, but also to learn coding and to be able to say that I can, I'm an indie dev and I'm working on something that, you know, is my passion. That's finishable. Right, yeah, yeah. Uh, it is finishable. And then whether or not I pick up another thing and then start another thing, I don't know. I don't know. You yeah, that's a whole, that's a whole discussion we could get into is the whole, uh, what we call in the industry is a feature creep. Like mm. that's the best way to describe it. And like you constantly other... add a new thing. And yeah. It's like, oh, what have I had this and what have I had that? And it just never ends. Like you just keep adding and adding to it until the point that it just becomes so bulky and horrible that you're just kind of like, yeah, it's not really a game what I wanted anymore. It's not as focused. And it's it's a serious problem which every developer goes through. So like, don't don't feel too bad about that. It's yeah. It's it's very it's a very real thing. And the king of feature creep is going. Right. Could I make two games at the same time? That's kind of know. like yeah. <laughs> But at least, at least you're splitting up the features into two different projects, and then you still have two very focused games. I don't know. There might be something there. I think there we just, uh, yeah, we we just opened Pandora's box of games development. I think make two games at a time. It's the way forward. No, for, don't do that. For my particular situation, it might be that my production yeah. could increase over what it is at the moment. Yeah. Because I'm not doing a nine to five. I'm just doing it in my spare time when I feel like it. So that's a yeah. very interesting point. Like what gets the most production out of someone that doesn't need that isn't on a tight schedule? Yeah, no. I mean, why not try it out, right? I mean, especially if it's because uh, you're saying like your your game is very like it's set in sort of an emotional tone, hmm. which is it's talking about grief and things like this, and like you can't focus on that all the time. Otherwise, you just dive like you basically divulge into that a bit too much, and then you 
might depress you a little bit. Mm. Like if you want to like cheer yourself up and be like, okay, I'm going to go and work on the uh, the rabbit game where he's running through the, the wilderness and, and being a happy rabbit or something. I don't know. It's, it's the best game ever. 10 out of 10. Right, Come on, down. IG. Happy rabbit running right, through the wilderness. Right, there you go. There yeah, and go. he makes jokes and saves. Or, no, I don't know. Um, <laughs> but yeah, it, it, there might be something there to jump between the two. Like, so you're not just like focusing too much on the, the negativity side of, well, not negativity, but the... The heavier stuff, I guess. The heavy that's the best way to describe it. The heavy yeah. stuff. That's right. interesting. I'm gonna have to, I'll have to give that some thought, but yes. Yeah. That's a good that's point. Something to think about, I guess. Um, <laughs> and you, uh, but yeah. you've made a game, haven't you? Uh, yeah, well, yeah, that's debatable. Um, yeah, I've made I've made one mobile game. Um, indie, anyway, Like if that's what we're talking about. Yeah. yeah. Um, outside of indie, like working at Ubisoft, I've worked on uh, South Park Fracture But Hole. Still a funny title. It was even funnier at the time. Um, what else we worked on? Watch Dogs Legion was the last game that we released, and at the moment I'm working on Rainbow Six Quarantine. Um, can't talk too much about that for obvious reasons. I'm still mm -hmm. working on it. There it is. So but, don't leave any comments down below. Yeah, asking me like, ah, but what about Parasite and all this sort of stuff? Like, go read the articles. Like, if you if you want to hear gossip, like, go yeah, away. There's no gossip here. This is not. The, you do uh, not belong. This is not the channel for that. No, but we'll yeah, be I, talking I, about I, other I, people's stuff though indeed yeah we're going to trash talk some other people i'm sure yeah but with yeah. zero information just pure speculation <laughs> you know like most most people do on youtube right they're just no information no no clue how the games industry works yeah i'm going to talk about that game engine all right let's listen to this let's see how good this is going to be yeah I hear that stuff all the time let's get the popcorn out then yeah indeed but yeah, outside of uh, Ubisoft stuff, um, I've worked on a couple of indie little projects as well. I've, I finished one uh, mobile game with a group called Jump Button Studio, which was like a just a group of like-minded people. And we put together a game called Last Line of Retreat, which is on iOS and Android. You can download that now. I'm pretty sure it's still up, still live. Um, released it a couple of years ago. Um, tanked pretty quickly, like most indie games do. But it's, it's definitely, it was a learning curve and uh, learned a hell of a lot from that game. Also, I'm working on a couple of other little projects at the moment, but yeah, that's about it. Oh, can you anything you can say about personal projects? No, not really. I mean, no. it's it's not that I'm not being secretive or anything. You can go onto my uh, Twitter account and sort of check out what I'm working on. I'm I'm working on a, a little character controller at the moment, which is just a character controller for like a 2D Metroidvania, and it's purely. As you were saying before, just to learn code, I'm just trying to force myself out of that mindset of just constantly being in art mode mm. and trying to think outside of the box and and working a little bit on code. Because it's, it's, it's nice to not focus so much on visual elements of stuff sometimes. It's nice just to sit down and look at a sheet of code and mm. just try and work out problems that way. Because it's a lot, of, a lot of it translates over, like trying to figure out problems which are in code is a lot like solving problems in concept art. Like you have a lot of issues that you need to find and fix. And yeah, and code comes with that in ample, in ample yeah. amounts, as, as I'm sure you know. It's it, well, the one thing that I find that's most different is that there can be finite, there can be a solution which is absolute and finite. So you can have yeah. a problem, I'm not able to do this. Then through the code, you figure out what the bug is and you fix it. And then something works. And you never get that in like, the art world or like the concept art world because everything's right. down to personal preference and context but once you have a controller that is working and wasn't and it does what you want it to do or even sometimes it does it something better yep. it's it's a tangible thing and you can think that is finished now and that is yeah. working 
And yeah, it's an actual, it's it's theme. strange because like the opposite happens as well with um, like especially in code because like you you have this problem which is also in concept art where you're you find a solution and then you're like okay I can make an even better solution and then there's all the background stuff where you can clean up your code and you know, it's not so hacky and it's not so it's like this whole rabbit hole of like games development issues mm. I guess but it does no, work both different. ways that's true yeah i i don't know enough about coding to know about cleaning up any of my codes so when people say that i don't know what they mean i'm like yeah i type in words and then things happen how can that how can right. that get any more works clean? perfect right it was it was interesting there's a really good talk by uh, jonathan blow which is the guy that does um he made braid and the witness hmm. um probably people probably know him from uh indie game the movie uh ball guy kind of weird but genius in his own right and he he when he's talking about games development like in um like his talks and stuff online he constantly tells people like try and just don't ever clean up your code just make it as hacky as humanly possible get it done get it if it works it's good enough like get to the point where like you can test stuff and iterate really really quickly because that's what's most important it's totally true mm. like it I, I meet a lot of programmers that are super meticulous about how they write out code and like how, what is the quote unquote the right way of doing certain things and and trying to find certain flows to code and stuff like that and it's just it's like dude you are spending so much time on this just get it in see if it works and then nine times out of ten you put something into code i'm sure you know this like you you write something out it works you're like yeah but you know this isn't really how i imagined it it's not quite as responsive it doesn't quite work the way you know i had imagined so i'm just gonna like uh, cut this feature whatever Stuff happens all the time. So if you spend too much time like cleaning up code, it's not not the end of the world. I totally did do that with um I think it was my my death and reload code. So I had yep. a like when you die, go back to the beginning, then everything resets, then these things happen, and that was all coded. And it got to a point where it was actually more just quicker for me to just go, Oh, when you die, restart the level. Right. And so all that code that I'd done about where everything's going and yeah. spawn points and saving progress it was just no when you die you just reload and that was yeah like Some, sometimes like the most simple solution is the best yeah you know like so, a, yeah you lose yeah don't be too precious about your code because it could you could lose it through a design yeah. and choice. that's coming from two artists that don't know anything about code and we're, we're giving just advice like, to code <laughs> right there you go like just good luck you will need it especially with that sort of advice uh yeah the only other the only other thing that i was going to ask i guess like to sort of get people in the mindset of like who we are and, and what we're up to is uh what sort of games consoles do you want like what games are you playing stuff like that so uh, i thought it's probably best to like list off the consoles that we actually are playing on and also what is your favorite game of all time so go ahead oh my god oh my god favorite game of all time just okay. one you only allowed one maybe two if it's that hard then you yeah. have two so <clears throat> in terms of consoles i fell in love with games on a Sega Mega Drive playing Sonic 2 in our right. school club. And then my brother had a N64 and then I had a PS1. Um, and then I went to Xbox, I think, when my brother went PS2. Mm. Um, and so then since that, since Xbox, I've been Xbox until yep. very recently where now I've got a PS4. Oh man, I am so jealous. Like you, you've got like a library of games to chip through. Yeah. God, that, that's oh, that's beautiful. So my whole gaming career, most well, for most people that probably be watching this will know about, um, yeah, it's been mainly Xbox, with the exception of when The Last of Us came out, 
I just loved the look of that so much that I borrowed my brother's PlayStation. Right. And then played that. And that is my favorite game, The Last of Us. Yeah. Um, nice. And so now I'm at this position where I bought the uh, The Last of Us 2 PS4 Pro. Oh, how did that uh, go? Did you enjoy The Last of Us 2? That, that, was that uh, might, might be my least favorite game. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think I, I'm in the same boat. And I know like there's a lot of people that aren't into like the game and stuff. And, you know, like I've, I've sort of split it up into two, which is the game looks and plays phenomenally like it's an absolutely great experience technically um, it's a masterpiece yeah yeah it's just it's it's unfoldable basically i can't actually say anything bad about like the way it looks and, and and like people can complain about like the design elements of how it plays and stuff and how it's very one-dimensional of what you do in the game it's like but no it like it's it's just a ton of fun to play yeah the problem which i had which is probably the same as you which is purely the story like yeah. narrative wise I, there was a lot of choices made in that game um, and it, it's not I even the whole story. It, it was just, uh, it wasn't even the story because it's crafted well. Yeah. So no, it's I, just yeah, the true. story yeah, I'll give you that. choices and the, the impact on the player. And right. yeah, the structure. Yeah. Some of the, yeah. It, they, it's it's a hard game to talk about because so many people love it. Oh, but yeah. at the same time, it's, it's a hard game to talk so. Right, exactly. Like all the Last of Us <laughs> Part 2 fans like, fuck this. Pfft, I'm out. Screw this. Um, but yeah, it's it's a really, really hard game to talk about. I was super excited about it. When when I played it, I was it was my biggest disappointment of that year, just purely because of like the, the choices that were made. Like the big beats in the game just really hit, did not hit very well with me at all. I was one of them people that just so com- got completely turned off by it. But yeah. Yeah. It was one of those weird things where it was a pleasure to play right. and a nightmare to um, react to, absorb, yeah. interact with. Yeah. It's weird. So in some elements, I was blown away by like, the sound design and some elements I was like, that's amazing texture. This is great mechanic. This fighting is so solid and smooth. Yeah. And then the cutscenes, I'm just like... Just polar opposite. Polar opposite. Like, yeah, riding. it's weird. Like the greatest thing in the world and i'm like this is the worst thing in the world and they're just constantly fighting with each other and you're yeah trying to enjoy it but it's it's hard because like things get in the way of each other yeah it's that that is a whole discussion i guess about that game christ but, I th- yeah. and also i think it's it's because you have to compare one against two and I right think i mean one, that's 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 the ultimate problem i think for, for the amount of time i could speak about why i didn't like the last of us two i could speak about why i loved the last of us one's story exactly and yeah, I'm not I, precious about any characters agree. or anything like that. It was yeah. just the story was perfectly crafted. Um, mm. Like, it's the most, yeah, my favorite game that I've yeah. ever played. Yeah, that's rough, man. Like, going from your favorite game in the world to, you know, that sort of sequel is, yeah, it's got it. We'll see. Like, maybe, maybe, they'll, maybe they'll rain it all back in on the third one. I'm sure there will be a third one, like, with the sales of the second one. So, yeah. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. Only be- not because of um, anybody's reaction. It, I think if they don't, it would purely be an artistic choice. Yeah. Um, but we'll see. Yeah. What shall. about you? What's your console history and favorite game? Oh Christ! Um, console history is. Oh, um, I've got a headset. Have you headset? Quest Two. All right. Yeah. Cool. That's that actually does count because a lot of people are getting into that um, scene as well. So. That's actually good to mention. Um, yeah, first console ever was um, probably Sega Master System. My 
sister had a NES, so she always got the Nintendo stuff and I always got the Sega stuff. So I was always jumping between and then when she fell off the wagon, I was able to like absorb all this sort of stuff. So it was it was pretty cool to have like a Super Nintendo and a and a Sega Mega Drive or Genesis if you're in America. Just absolute juggernauts when I was a kid. So like I, I had the best of both worlds in that respect. Uh yeah, moved off onto the PlayStation One, had a PS2. And then I switched over to, like you, to the Xbox 360 instead of the PS3 because the PS3 was just ridiculously expensive. And mm. I don't think anyone bought that thing on, on release anyway. I remember when yes. it came out, it was just like everyone was talking about like, the price and things. Like, yeah, it was astronomical. Rich if you had one, like, you knew right. who the rich kids were. Yeah, it was funny. Like, when they were doing the press conference, like, you can go back and watch it. It's on YouTube. But the uh, press conference for the PlayStation 3. The uh, the CEO like gets up on stage and he says, "Oh, you're gonna need a second job to buy this one." Ha ha ha! And the whole audience is like clapping and laughing. I'm like, "You guys are insane!" Like, no wonder this went down the toilet. This is wow. ridiculous. Of course, it didn't do well. Um, eventually caught up. So, like, what the hell do I know? Uh, yeah. After the Xbox 360, I eventually got a PS3 at the end of the cycle, and sort of got back into that ecosystem. And then last gen, um, I was just PS4 all the way through. I never bought an Xbox One. Mm. Um, which is a shame, but at the same time, it's a good thing because now I have a Series X, a PS5, and a Switch. So I've I've got all the big boys. It's awesome. Yeah, probably did it's it in a good way as well because all the backwards yeah. compatibility, you know, it's amazing. For, for Microsoft is better than than the PlayStation side of things. So yeah, it's it's been really cool because I've got all my older Xbox 360 games in like a sort of uh, like a sleeve sort of thing, like all from my, when I was living in England um so there's like 40 games in there or something and then just being able to put a disc in into my series x and it's just like yep i know what this is you can play it it's like what this is amazing so it's that's, been great that's pretty good and like yeah. with playstation you'd be like huh what's this right so like, is this time? a disc yeah. you know so they wouldn't even know what it is yeah but yeah the, the whole like discussion around like how um xbox is sort of bounced back from this uh, from the xbox one is just amazing like the series x is such a great console like if if people are on the fence about it and they've got the cash, like go for it. It's awesome. Um, but yeah, uh, uh, also like you, I've got the uh, Quest 2. It's back yeah. there somewhere. Okay. Um, very, very, very cool headset. It's the it's only one I've cool. got though. Yeah. Do I'm you get motion sickness? Depends on the game. Um, okay. I've. It depends what it is. I mean, I'm playing uh, Pistol Whip at the moment. Like, mm -hmm. God, that game is amazing. Like Pistol Whip on. Um, on quest 2 makes you feel like john wick it's the only way i can describe it and it gives you a workout like it's it's one of the greatest games i've ever played like experience wise it's just amazing like once you can get past the whole motion of just like standing still but it feels like you're on a carpet that's getting dragged along if that makes sense yeah. so you're on a rail which is not so bad but when i play other games like i've i've plugged it into my pc and i've been playing boneworks on oculus link Mm -hmm. and boneworks is it's full locomotive so like you you move like back and forth side to side you you can jump and duck and all this sort of stuff um i'm okay for like an hour but then you get to like hour 15 mark and it's just yeah it all it all goes to crap <laughs> yeah. just, i'm just like yep don't feel good taking this off and it's just I yeah it's to, hard i had to stop with uh star wars Gal galaxy's edge i think the, right. the quest 2 even though it's got some locomotion uh, options and you can either press forward to take steps or you can sort of leap. And it got to the point where there was some vertical enemies and some, some people higher and lower and left to right to me. 
and it, yeah. you've got to shoot people quickly and it was that was just couldn't get past it too much it was just too much like i kept for one i kept dying so i put it in easy mode and then it was that i didn't want to move my head and get to this position and yeah then yeah. i'll just have to take a break which is a real shame but i think we're just probably too old <laughs> yeah i know it's 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 fascinating like the whole vr situation because like when you get them golden games that really open up what vr can be like when, the first time i played pistol it was like this is it this is this is a game changer like this is everything that i wanted like this is the greatest game ever like mm. i'm just gonna play this forever and it's a ton of fun but then there's something like technicalities like the whole like they haven't really figured out how to fix motion sickness and and how to really nail down locomotion like so you can actually move around in a space and feel natural without it being like whoa like my brain doesn't like that sort of thing like they yeah. haven't quite figured that out yet and yeah until they do it's going to be it's going to be pretty tough i think but it's yeah it's a very hit and miss sort of system but if, if anyone could try it like i absolutely recommend anyone should like pick up a quest two if they can just to try it to try it for sure because yeah. it's totally an experience that i wouldn't i don't regret the purchase at all even though right. exactly yeah. as much as yeah. what i thought i would be um but yeah it's great i played mist um that's what oh, I've that's, recently. that's another one i've been wanting to get around it's to because so i played good. that when i was a kid and playing Same. that in vr would be a whole thing the amount of nostalgia is just unreal and then right. i feel like feel like a god that i've got the brain power to be able to do some of the puzzles now yeah before you would just be i would just be clicking as well right like a little kid, <laughs> hoping for the best hoping what would happen and then now i can actually like use my brain and, and like figure things out be an adult. like 30 years worth of like i, ha I had that experience not too long ago with um i've got the uh playstation classic the little one Hmm. And I picked up, I picked that up, and it's got. I think I got Tomb Raider on it, uh, the original Tomb Raider, and I've been playing through that. And it's like, oh yeah, I can actually figure this stuff out now because when I was a kid, I just like just run into walls and like just. It was amazing that you could just run around and jump and stuff and, and, and craft mana and stuff and, and shoot dinosaurs and stuff. Yeah. And then you get to like the second level, and like yeah, I don't know how to get past this bit. So you'd never like hardly never anyone ever it. finished Tomb Raider one, I guess. Yeah. But now that I'm an adult, it's kind of like oh yeah. Like I can figure this out. Oh, the switch is over there. Like, why didn't I ever see that and stuff? It's so it's such a weird, bizarre experience with them sort of old games, especially when it yeah. they've got them heavy puzzle mechanics that you just could not figure out when you were a kid. But now that we're older and wiser, as it were, like we can we can actually figure this stuff out. It's very cool. Did you um did you have a Game Boy or anything? No, I missed out on the handheld sort of um the sort of like the the explosion of like a popularity that it got especially in the uk with like pokemon and stuff like that mm. missed all of that the first handheld which i probably got was my psp or vita i guess but played the hell out of those ton of wow fun. i had um i had a game boy like the original game boy when it came out where you yeah. could play it for like a couple of days and then you had to change the batteries and right. the backlight <laughs> um yeah. and then Good i times. had a ps and then i had a ps and then i had a game boy color yeah. remember that i've still got it i've still got that um nice so yeah that's I, I i forgot about that in my list of things and i thought it's definitely worth noting um, yeah no it's 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 been interesting because i've been um i bought a bit boy which is like the the chinese knockoff sort of handheld that you can get online mm -hmm. like for emulation and stuff and i filled that up with original game boy game boy color and game boy advance games and i'm just chipping through them things like it's such a great little thing because i guess it's the same with you like now that you've picked up a playstation 4 you got this whole backlog of stuff like i'm chipping through like old like i'm playing um link's awakening at the moment yeah it's awesome 
great gun. Like, why the hell did no one tell me about this when I was younger? You know? Yeah. It's, but yeah, it's yeah. great. Well, they tried to, but there wasn't that much marketing right. back then. Yeah. Well, That's they tr- well was. my friends tried to, but it's like, yeah, my my parents are too broke. Like, I'm never gonna get a Game Boy. <laughs> so, yeah. Was, yeah. Thirty years later. Here we go. <laughs> Or there we are. Twenty something years later. Yeah, but that's that's uh, that's pretty much it. My uh, favorite game is uh, Eco, which is a PS2 game. It's an action adventure game. It was developed by Team Eco, which went on to make Shadow of the Colossus and The Last Guardian. Um, pretty much the sole reason why I got into games development as well. Like that game, like just opened up my imagination to what a game could be. Like mm. at that point, everyone was like shooting things and and jumping around, and that was like just. It's just about a boy in a castle, like trying to help a girl to get out, and it was just like, "This is amazing! Like, this is what all games should be like." I'm gonna make games. This is gonna be amazing. And but yeah, That's and cool. now I'm and now I'm making a first person shooter for a living. So that that worked out, you know. <laughs> well, you know, come on, you've worked on other first person shooters as well, so it's not just one. Right there, you go. Yeah, there is that. <laughs> no, it's um, good. Yeah, and you're working on. It's not, yeah, it's, yeah, Rainbow Six is, is first person yep. as well. So, yeah, lots of first person shoes. Yeah, I'm not knocking them there. I love, I love FPSs. No, I, I really got into FPSs with the uh, Xbox 360. I think that's what really cemented the whole like movement of playing Halo 3 and uh, mm. playing Call of Duty 4 when that first came out. Like the sort of the multiplayer movement that happened with Xbox Live, especially in the UK, was just Halo astronomical. Up there. Completely changed everything. And Halo 2 is up there. Medal of Honor. Right. Uh, is up there for sure for me yeah it's since like i was watching like recently i've been playing the master chief collection i'm watching the um what you call it like the the making of movies that they've got like embedded in there and just realizing that the the guys that made halo 2 they invented like the lobby system and matchmaking like they invented that pretty much like for consoles you know and and jewel wielding and stuff like this it's like ah, like the amount of stuff they came up with yeah that we totally take for granted these days like in one game it wasn't even it's not like they figured out over a few games it was like no halo yeah. 2 it's like look we need to figure this out and they did and, and the amount of balance most games that use that game now. Has. i think that you, you could probably say that's the first like example of mastering balance balance in a game so like the weapons i agree the maps the multiplayer enemy the multiplayer uh, yeah. elements the arenas that was like a masterclass in this is how you do online games basically yeah absolutely i mean and it's so like we take all that stuff for granted every single day hmm. but you know they, they were pioneers at the time hmm. absolutely incredible but yeah we should uh we should probably move on to yes. uh we've got some news to get through i guess when we say news we don't mean news for us we mean news in the games industry so every week we're going to be sort of running through sort of what we thought were interesting um yeah. points of news i guess in the games industry yeah um yeah and if it might it's not worth be... talking about if it's just a headline meh we might just read it and move on right exactly it's something interesting to say yeah so uh first point of news is rockstar pays a mod of 10 grand to fix load times which is insane like this this story is crazy so rockstar paid the modder toast i'm guessing it is it's t zero st it could be tossed could be tossed could be toast. Could be toast. I'm pretty sure it's toast, as in O. So, <laughs> Rockstar paid the modder toast ten thousand US dollars for a mod which enabled multiplayer to multiplayer mode to load seventy percent faster. Seventy percent. It's absolutely ridiculous. Uh, Rockstar have a bug bounty program which pays out ten grand for security threats normally. So, with this reward was a bit of an exception. 
Um, but the update is already out. It's been released. It's in update 1.53. This is insane. It's such a great it's story. Minutes. You're talking about minutes, shaving minutes off of your experience. Right. Loading Whole up minutes. multiplayer. And yeah. that, in this day and age, that's impressive. You're talking yeah, seconds I, I, usually, aren't you? Yeah, I think like it's it's been strange for me because like going to going forward playing the Xbox Series X and the PS5, mm. like the difference between an SSD and going back and playing on like an old hard drive, it's just, it's night and day. Like it's ridiculous. Like when you're sat there, like really, why is this taking so? It's, oh yeah, I'm on a, an old hard drive. I can't you can't load games that fast anymore. Mm. First world problems of all first world problems, but yeah, this interesting story. It's um. It's interesting that they, they he's been paid out of the pot that was for security and bugs. Right. But he's been paid for like an improvement. Yeah. And he says it was like one line of code that the dev could have looked up in half an hour or something like that. I think right. that's his quote. So he thinks it was, or she, or they think it was um fairly uh, easy fix. Yeah. Um, the interesting thing for me is where does this leave... The games industry is this a is this an example of things to come are we gonna have people fixing other other games that have got loading problems or does it leave the door open for other improvements i mean the, the modern community is the modern community and they, they'll make whatever they want to make they're but gonna do it either way yeah will the studios start paying attention and start paying out for things? yeah i think it depends on the game i guess i mean um gta 5 is god the game's been out for six years now it's still like the top leaderboards like every week it's still selling like the mpds like their monthly sort of uh, sales units that they put out every month wow still hangs around on them on it's just insane that game has sold like i can't even remember how much it's sold now it's 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 an astronomical amount yeah it's many, several many generations that have, that have played it so there's like yeah i guess we're the probably the first the pioneers of that like that would have played that the first time around when we were <laughs> yeah yeah 10, it's strange 20s. like this like the um gta 5 this is the third generation it's been on now so it was on the playstation 3 it's on the playstation 4 and now it's on playstation 5 or at least there's going to be an update for the playstation 5 as well so it's a classic for pc game, players yeah. it's been all the way through great it's game classic. obviously yeah. yeah it's yeah, a great it's game a... i like all of the uh when they replace the characters and they do the cutscenes, and it's like a chicken or something i don't know why i find those funny but <laughs> You gotta love it. But yeah, it does not surprise me because this game has got such a huge following and there's um, such a massive community for it. Like, you can imagine that these sort of things get fixed by gamers. But for a smaller game, when I say smaller, I mean like the the average game that sells between five and ten million units, like an average AAA game. Uh, how many people are actually modding it out? How many people have run into these sort of problems? Like how how much of a how common could this situation be? Yeah, would it be ever be enough? Which could be benefiting from this sort of thing because not every game has this, you know, uh, yeah. th this amount of money to spend on security threats and things. There's that as well. Yeah. So I guess it has to be it has to be a popular for it to be taken up by anyone else. It has to hit the criteria, doesn't it? It has to be a big game to have mm -hmm. the money. It has to be an online game with a community attached to it. So you, I guess you're never going to have it with like an FPS, uh, like a single player action adventure game yeah i mean this is the thing like uh gamers find bugs all the time and they report them on reddit and stuff like that and they're picked up by community managers like the q a teams and AAA studios are massive now it's not like it used to be where it was 
a small team of like people sat in their cubicles, like just looking for bugs. Like there's a whole thing, but it's a whole army of people that are working on this sort of stuff. And when they show up on Reddit, like they they automatically investigate them. They, what we call tickets, like they'll apply a ticket to a developer so they can go and check it themselves. And yeah, this stuff gets fixed all the time. But the, the whole aspect of paying people for bug fixes is really interesting because obviously like you mentioned this was originally for a security thing mm. which they want to sort of promote that they want to say okay if you find a, an issue where someone can break into our system and potentially steal our like content for whatever reason mm. or alter it or change it or steal people's information we'll pay you before it gets to that stage so there's an yeah. incentive there to pay people but for bug fixes in a game like for to just like quality of life issues i'm not quite sure like if it's going to be a sustainable market anyway to like really emphasize that over time yeah because it wasn't like it wasn't like um an artistic improvement it was just the load time wasn't it right so is that where the line gets drawn I yeah guess, i mean the the, they did quote like an exception you know like yeah. the, this was like the they took the reward out of the um what you call it the bug bounty program mm. like as an exception so i don't know like it, it's interesting at the same time because you're basically asking people to come and mess with your game mm. uh, to potentially because uh, that stuff can get subjective that's the only problem right so if yeah. if they if, if a game or a modder comes along and they think that they're improving the game by doing x y and z like okay now give me my ten thousand dollars or whatever mm. but then rockstar turn around and say actually that's kind of like fallen away from what the game is like we don't really agree with the the fix and stuff like that but then there's a whole uproar from the community that say oh we do think this is an improvement it just gets really muddy and gray like when that sort of stuff comes through so this yeah. is yeah a They'll really be... unique specific situation so they wanted to stress that but that's because there will be some kids that are like right here's my 10k here's my 10k Right. Uh, tap, tap, tap. Uh, dear Rockstar, I have fixed this. Please, can I have my money now? Yeah. And, yeah. and then Rockstar's like, nah, nah. Yeah, they've got to cover themselves, I guess. So. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, definitely interesting. I'm not sure if like other companies would do it. It really depends on like the size of the studio and stuff, I guess. What but, would be a fix that you would want to see from a big studio? Maybe it doesn't what? have to be like a load time. Or maybe it is a load time. There's like... Like Mass Effect, those lifts. I'm looking forward to the the, the new, the yeah, the legendary the, edition. The legendary edition coming out. Just yeah, I I have uh, I have one. yeah, something I have to admit, I've never played Mass Effect. Okay, so um, when I say people, those lifts, you don't right. know what I mean. Yeah, I know what you're talking about, like because oh. the lifts are normally there for the load times, right? Yeah, but they're legendary for you can have an interstellar spacecraft that can go like speed of light and faster <laughs> right and then when they slowest, get to space slowest station, lift ever it's the slowest lift like yeah they're minutes in a lift and you've taken a shuttle to like a little tiny spaceship shuttle to get to where you need to get to and then spend minutes in a lift interesting yeah, yeah. so it's like a meme for the mass effect people because That's it just fun. was it was horrendous even for the time yeah like, i think that was the main horrendous. reason why i never got into it i had mass effect one tried to play it i got to like I got past the section on, like, after the Citadel. So it's in the very beginning of the game. Mm-hmm. Got into the next area. But, like, on, on like I played this when it first came out on the Xbox 360, mm-hmm. which game played horribly on that console. Like, mm. nostalgia is everyone's friend when it comes to this game. But if you played on the Xbox 360, like, you probably sort of remember, like, how hard it was to play sometimes. 
it was only when the ball got rolling that everyone started running with it and really enjoying the game but i just never i never got past that first hurdle but i'm yeah. definitely going to pick it up when um the legendary edition comes out it's it's on the top of my list yeah i i, I totally sympathize one didn't do it for me it was literally just the amount of buzz that was going on for two mm. i think is when yep. i started to pick it up and then went back to get one but i don't know what console i was on then yeah i've i've, I've met a lot of people that have just completely missed one and two they've just been like yeah i played three it was awesome never played one and two it's like what never like how can you like third. i can't i can't be no. one of those people no i've never done that i yeah. never started with a third that's weird right yeah like, it's um, very odd i'm getting into um i've started on two with um uncharted so i started with uncharted 2 yeah no that's fair like but, they're kind of like indiana jones movies though like in in more ways than one but yeah. you can jump in and out of those like quite a lot but that was only because that was the easiest one that i could find that was the earliest one on the playstation network right yeah that makes like, sense yeah and th- th- they don't have one two or three it's really annoying you've got to like i had to, w- to look it up on wiki like which one was the first one well, you've got a PlayStation 4 now. You should just get the um, the Uncharted collection. I accidentally didn't buy that. So now I've bought one and two. No, I bought separately. two and three yeah. by mistake, just separately for like double the price. <laughs> well, there you go. That's your yeah. own fault, I guess. You so know, that's top tip, listeners and yep. viewers. Indeed. Yeah, All right. don't do that. So uh, moving on to the next story, uh, Xbox FPS Boost is now in the wild, finally. So uh, Dishonored, Skyrim, Special Edition, Fallout 4, Fallout 76, and Prey have all been updated to include the newest feature on Xbox's new consoles. So the FPS Boost taking all the games from 30 FPS to, quote, nearly double frame rates, whatever the hell that means. Um, this flagship this flagship feature uh, doesn't require developers to alter or recompile any of the older games, uh, leaving the work to the Xbox to do some trickery and sort of like the post-processing stage. As far as the game's concerned, they're actually still running in 30 FPS. They just, they're just like whatever Xbox is doing afterwards, it's actually running in 60. So the game has no idea. So it doesn't actually mess with any of the code. Like sometimes games are reliant on being... 30, like 30 frames per second and actually running in that frame rate in order for some code to run but yeah. it doesn't it doesn't mess with any of that which is great uh, however there is a strange caveat with all of this uh, more demanding games on the list like fallout 4 and fallout 76 have the feature turned off by default because they require a reduction in resolution to reach the fabled uh, frame rate so um, what's the resolution that we can get with those games Yep, so right now, um, Fallout 4 and Fallout 76 are capped at 1080p, so, and they're 4K when it's at 30fps, which is a strange choice. Like, I thought they would have gone for, like, a 1440p, like, somewhere in the middle a mm. little bit, cause, especially because they got the power. And it's strange because the Xbox Series S runs the game at 60 um, with 1080p as well, mm. and the Xbox Series X has clearly got enough power to run a little bit more than that, so... Maybe they just could not hit 60 no matter what they did. Um, so that is, that's that's the only weird caveat that came with it. That is weird. And we're living in the world where with the, you know Spider-Man, they could either have the ray tracing on and the 30 FPS or ray tracing yeah. off and 60 FPS. Is that right? Yeah, they've updated that recently. They've added a third option for Miles Morales, which is um, it's like a lower reduction in the... So there's the 30 FPS 4K, like you just mentioned, and then there's the 60 fps 4k but without ray tracing on then there's Uh, one in the middle now which is 60 fps with ray tracing but the ray tracing is super like low quality 
and but still there it still looks pretty you know it yeah. looks amazing like i've finished that game it's uh, i had a great time with it um but yeah there's they're adding all these options now and a lot of people have been complaining about the options because like this this is the reason why we buy consoles we don't we don't want all these crazy like pc options but i'm know, the, like, totally the same i yeah. love the fact that i don't have to mess, mess with, with any stuff. knobs and switches and dials and things and it, i'm just getting the experience that professionals have tweaked and said this is what right. looks good and this is what's gonna run consistently because for yeah. me it's more about consistency because yeah. the thing i hate about my pc is that it you can tell when it's changing and i never had that with with a console even yeah. though it probably was happening they were just better at hiding it i think on consoles yeah i think when it comes to as long as they keep it simple like the changes or the options like the way playstation have been phrasing stuff recently is like they call it performance mode and um performance mode like performance mode and uh, graphics mode that was it hmm. and so you can switch between those two and they're clear it's clear language of what they're sort of selling within those different configurations so that's that's fine it's when it gets a bit more muddy than that way it's like you can tweak your fps and you can tweak your frame rate and you can like you can tweak your resolution and like how much ray tracing you want like when it gets into the weeds like that it it, it, it sort of comes to a fault where you're just like yeah as a console gamer i really don't care about this that was the main because i built a pc a few years ago it's what i'm, I'm on right now mm. and just i never really gamed on it because I spent more time messing around with settings and things like that rather than playing the games, which mm. I think a lot of people have. Well, a lot of people have that problem. A lot of people so, love it. Yeah. It's yeah. weird. A lot of people are like, oh, even more settings. Oh, this is like, they'll complain about a game. Go, this doesn't go very many settings. I want more settings. Right. And that'd be a criticism. I'm just like, what? Bananas. Absolute bananas. I, I, actually saying that though, with Uncharted, I'm not happy that I've just got brightness and no contrast. Hmm. I can well, you own, got it's TV just... remote. Well, my, I've got, I've got like this... <laughs> defeats purpose, right? <laughs> well, I've got this fancy pack again. More, I've got I've been having the same problem on PC that I got on my TV. I've got like a 4K um, LG fancy pants TV, right? And like the set, it's got because it's got HDR. I don't know how to get the best looking image out right yeah that because there's so many settings for that as well so i don't know yeah. if it's the hdr that's messing up the contrast oh, i don't know interesting yeah I've, I've not got a hdr tv yet that's the only thing i'm probably going to invest in one this year they're great finally pull the trigger on like so people have just said like oh you can't go back like once you go forward oh yeah so and you can totally tell the difference right like with all this spider-man stuff and probably the frame rates for um the, the xbox I probably won't be able to tell the difference. Yeah. But with HDR, when you whack on the iPlayer and you watch a bit of David Attenborough, <laughs> it's just like... That's, that's, that's where it counts. But... Yeah, oh my God, that's like TV. That's where the money goes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, it is It is interesting. Like the only, the only thing which is a bit strange about the whole FPS boost on Xbox, which is awesome, by the way. Like I've tried it out already. Oh, you've a... seen it and you've noticed yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah, you definitely, you can tell the difference. Um, yeah. Re- really love it the only the only problem which i have really is the whole market inside of it which is their choice because now that microsoft own um bethesda obviously like they own hmm. skyrim and they own uh, fallout and so like they could actually hire they well not hire but they could tell like their studios like hey make like an official series x version of these games and they would be at 4k at 60 fps and they could add ray tracing and all this sort of stuff and add all the bells and whistles and just have like one mode and it would run it like they've got enough power to do that 
but instead of like doing it through this way it's like we're gonna have sort of not it, it's it's certainly better like than it was like playing mm. the game at 30 fps which i I've, I've tried before and it's just not like it's not the same yeah like having having the frame boost is amazing but like they could they could have done so much more with it and that's the only thing that i i I'm concerned about, I guess, like going forward. Yeah. Like if they if they automatically go for this option on all of their first party games. For third party games, it's without a doubt they should always go this route, especially so if it. the developers aren't going to touch it. But yeah. Yeah, that's the that's the key thing. Are the developers going to touch it again? And I guess right. now that it's in house, it's an internal email. Um, exactly. It would be a shame if they left it there because I think yeah, adding ray tracing or adding whacking on some te- extra hd textures and stuff i re- <clears throat> i reckon there'd be an audience for that i reckon it would have legs and i reckon yeah people would pay for that yeah um, i mean it'd be straight like it'd be weird if they didn't come out with like a fallout special edition like they did for skyrim with all the um with all the dlcs and then they do an update and, and within the game with yeah. that i mean that would be cool but I hope hopefully it's... this isn't a trend where they just instead of you know, going all in, they'd sort of put one foot in and just, oh, we're just going to put the frame boost on it and it's not going to be, not going to be able to reach 60 FPS, but so we'll just lower the resolution down and stuff. I mean, very, very first world problem sort of thing. And yes. No one will hardly ever notice, but, you know, it's just, it's, you know, it, it's an improvement either way. So it, it's great that we've got something. So I'm, I'm, I'm happy either way. It's, it's an amazing piece of technology and I can't wait to see it come to more um, games, especially third parties that just have, don't have the means to return back to these games to put out official patches to boost the frame <laughs> rates and this sort of stuff. So yeah, it's exciting. Yeah, it's great for the people that yeah wouldn't otherwise be able to give a, a 60 FPS. The fact that Microsoft can sort of do that under the hood with some trickery and not it yeah. affect the code um, is really clever because yeah, you can have code that's linked to frame rate and absolutely. As soon as you mess, I mean, up, it's it it's strange because like a lot of people don't realize like how much work there is in pulling out an old game from the archives and I'm trying to recompile it and, and add in like these features like oh it's a one line of code why can't you go and fix it it's like you have no idea how much work this takes yeah <laughs> it takes a lot of work so yeah. like I get it at the same time yeah I, that's they one there's been some slack about um the Mass Effect uh, new edition not having multiplayer um mm. and I think there was talk about trying to get it in but the amount of work Dude, it is mean, unimaginable. I think they said it would be like doing the whole, um, the whole thing again. Like the amount yeah. of work, the amount of hours. It's it two would take. remasters, pretty much. Yeah, it's like two remasters in one, just to get the multiplayer. The multiplayer on that game, Mass Effect Three, was awesome. I loved it. It was a lot of people have said good things about it. So I, never, I never got around to it. So. It's the only time where I hadn't got bored. But I, I, I'd say I probably spent more time on that multiplayer than anything else that had like a horde type mode. So mm-hmm. like Gears of War, um, or like any of the um, zombie modes on Call of Duty and things like that. Right. Um, it, it's because it's so much more than that. So it, yeah, it's awesome, and the upgrading that you could do with it and different loadouts really made a difference. Yeah. So yeah, that's a shame that's not going to coming out again. There won't be a reversal. Uh, they they can always patch that in. Though I I would assume that EA are probably looking at that and they're thinking, okay, we're gonna we're gonna stop and we're gonna see how much this game actually sells. And if it sells well, then we can just we can patch this in later and actually make a whole multiplayer section. Because I'm sure if fans call out for it enough, they could totally pull that back in. If the numbers, yeah, if the numbers are there. So if this re-release does really well and there's loads of support for it, 
Yeah, yeah. I mean, certainly with the amount of marketing they're doing behind it, I think it's gonna it's gonna have a good push either way. Yeah, I'm looking forward to it. It's like one of my most hyped releases. Same, and I've never played them. Like people keep talking about them. Like, yeah, I'll get around to them one day. But then when I heard like the rumor mill spin around about like there could be a potential remake or remaster, I guess. Like I'm yeah. not too sure. Like if it is, um, yeah, I was I'm all in straight away. It's like, yep, pre-order day one. Pff, I will buy that. I'm, I'm guess, not going to pre-order yeah. it, but I'm going to buy it day one. And um, yeah, we won't mention the fact you work work for them, so we won't. Well, we ha- we already have. What I mean to say is, you may know things that we can't talk about, which is kind of exciting. Yeah, we 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 shall see. But we, anyway, yeah. So I'm excited to understand what you know in yeah. due course. Indeed. And without pressure for any <laughs> further comment. <laughs> story of my life, man. The land yeah. of NDAs. But yeah. yeah. Uh, anyway, the next news story, uh, Bethesda and Xbox seal the deal. Finally, this has happened. Uh, probably the biggest sort of deal that's ever happened in video games history, I'm sure. It's not the biggest like in terms of money um, acquisition sort of thing, but it's definitely the biggest in terms of just like sheer news and culture towards the industry. But yeah, uh, the European Commission has approved Microsoft's 7.5 billion US dollar deal. That's a lot of money. To acquire Zenimax Media, the parent company of Doom, Fallout, and the Elder Scrolls studio, Bethesda Softworks. So massive, massive deal. Yeah. Uh, the European Commission put out a statement. And they said the commission has concluded that the proposed acquisition would raise no competition concerns. Shots fired. Uh, given the... Uh, combined entities, limited market position upstream and the presence of strong downstream competitive, whatever the hell that means. It basically I means like it, it's not that big of a deal. That's basically it, what they're it's saying. It's not illegal. It's basically, yeah. Yeah, Which that's is the why best way to describe. Yeah. And it's sort of a dig when they said, um, concluded that the proposed acquisition wouldn't raise any competition concerns. It's kind of funny. Uh, anyway, funny. yeah, with the, uh, with the deal sealed, uh, Bethesda and Xbox quickly released a round table to reassure gamers and probably investors that the merger wouldn't only not hinder the development uh, to their beloved IP, but it would also allow them to, quote, make better products to get them to more people easier. They're probably talking about Game Pass, I'm guessing. Yeah, they're probably talking about Game Pass, and they're probably just trying to make Xbox people not get... Uh, not potentially see anything wrong with it so it's all good news that it might not it might mean that oh because because of this news something bad might happen yeah i think i think todd howard especially is making a big push for this whole like it's not only not going to be a bad thing it's going to be a very good thing for us like they're going to be able to push all this stuff out and and do it really like you know they'll, they'll be able to do a lot quicker as well which is which is nice you know like if that is true but how much fluff is in that sort of marketing is 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 kind of you know up for debate. And how much production has already been done for certain titles that are going to be released? Where, if it was done in house right from the word go, would we have mm. a better product? So that, I think there's probably some products that are going to be released where uh, it's not going to make any difference. It's probably going to be a few years down the road before we start to see. I think um, technical. Um, yeah what's the right yeah, word differences yeah yeah, yeah technical differences which, which would like um you know because playstation have got some titles which are awesome they run really well like the you know spider-man and the last of us and yeah um ghost of, of tsushima and things like that things that are pushing the boundaries of what the console can do on the generation definitely i think a lot of that is down to managing just how they like allow um companies to work and operate and I think being a first party is just gonna 
improve the games just normally anyway because they're not under any pressure of being a third party. Third party developers are basically always in survival mode. Like mm. everything that you do, you've got to make money off it because if you don't, then you you're basically useless and you have to start laying people off and it's it's just it's a whole thing. Like you haven't got the the financial support of like a higher up with a Sony studio or having just having a company like Microsoft behind you just to say we've got your back. Mm. Like do whatever you want. Like if you want to run down that road and spend an extra year on this game versus mm. the only like five years that you were going to work on it, like spend the extra year and figure this stuff out. That extra year like actually makes a huge difference. So them yeah. having these sort of options as a first party now is it's a huge deal. It's yeah. it's it's a very big deal. It's the biggest sea change I think in the industry for yeah. Like it's the it's like the equivalent of like Nintendo buying out Sega or something. Yeah, it's yeah, like pretty that much monumental. It's huge. And, yeah, uh, I mean, it's it, like because you kind of when you step back and you look at all this sort of stuff, you like the big the big boys, as it were. Like you got Sony, Microsoft, well, Sony, Xbox, and Nintendo. Like they're the three main uh, first party publishers, and then you got your third parties like your EA, your Ubisoft, um, Bethesda and Square Enix and like a couple of others on the edges I guess mm. but like for one of them to just get knocked out is just like whoa that mm. is a huge deal and it's it's sort of it's it's strange that there's one less piece of competition in the third party realm anyway yes um, yeah. and it's like it's knocked out but then there's also like for consumers it could be elevated because it could mean that right. we've got some technical extra stuff which we wouldn't have had if it was cross cross platform um, yeah absolutely and the fact that it's Microsoft as well means that you might even be even more uh, technical because when we start to unlock what the actual um, consoles, this generation of consoles can actually do, which I don't think we're anywhere near doing yet. No, I don't even think they scratch the surface. And the fact that then it'll be compatible with PC and you can get you know even more so with future parts yet to come, we could be getting some you know awesome awesome games down down the road. I'm thinking like. You know, four, three, four years time. Oh yeah, like this. This is something conceived of yet are starting to be conceived now. I think. Yeah, this this is something that will come to full like sort of fruition when, when like the after Starfield is out and after the Elder Scrolls Six is out, like yeah. then we'll see the impact of this really because like it, it's strange because like they just announced this deal really like only in the last sort of four months, four or five months or something. I can't remember when they announced it. It was in like November or October or something. Yeah. Um, when they came out with this, like Bethesda would have known about this for probably a year at this mm. point. Like it would have been a long time coming. So the thing which I find interesting is like what are the states of the PlayStation exclusive games that Bethesda are currently working on? Like what are they going to be like when they come out? <laughs> like I hope that they're polished and they're well done. But... You know, like other resources being put somewhere else, like just, you know, like, you know, if you don't work on that game as much, it wouldn't be the end of the world sort that's of thing. You know, like that, that's yeah. a worry for PlayStation owners, I guess. They, the key be interesting. phrase I think I read was like um, existing commitments. So I think in one of the right. things I read, they said, obviously, we are committed to, I'm paraphrasing, our existing commitments cross party. Yep. So there are deals for certain IPs. We just don't know what they are yet that are going to be coming out on PlayStation. So you could have, you know, you could have the next Elder Scrolls out on PlayStation. Absolutely. Yeah, I mean the whole the whole conversation around exclusivity and stuff is 
it, it's it's dodgy ground because at, at the end of the day, why would you buy a company for 7.5 billion US dollars if you're not going to have some exclusivity to that? You know, mm. like I sure as hell would, you know, and yeah. if, if it was the other way around, if Sony had done this, there'd be no question, no mm. question whatsoever that Sony would make every single one of their games exclusive because that's just what Sony does. It's sort of an accepted norm, but because it's Microsoft, like people sort of give them a bit more criticism and a bit more, you know, they have a lot more questions about that sort of stuff. And I I sort of take a step back from that and, and sort of look, what would other people do? And Microsoft are in their own right to do whatever the hell they want to do after they've spent $7.5 billion on something. Yes. And yeah, I mean, the only the only thing which is a good reference to any of this is the fact that Microsoft own um, Mojang, which is the Minecraft studio. Um, Minecraft is on, still on every single platform and they still support every single platform and they still do a very good job with that as far as I know. Hmm. And that, that game has gone completely unhindered as far as I know. So potentially like we, we don't know, like Microsoft might like share the pie as it were, but it, it would yeah. definitely come with some caveats of, Yes, you can have the Elder Scrolls Six, but you will get it six months later, or you will get we will get the, all the DLC first, or stuff like that. You know. Yeah, there's totally ways around it. So yeah, like a launch edition, like a special launch edition for for just Xbox, or yeah, right. DLC, or time of um, yeah, the time of release, or um, p- potentially some technical limitations just because of the nature of the way the game's been made. So it might get like you know ported over to PlayStation, in which case they can't use all of its all of what makes PlayStation great over Xbox. So it might be like I don't yeah. know what the technical wizardry is, but <laughs> yeah, I think there's definitely scope to have everything. Like consumers want everything, don't they? For sure. So yeah. Consumers yeah. don't want to be tied down by what platform they buy as to what games they want to play. No one wants that, and anyone that says they do is only because they have the console that they've got. Right. So, like, I would have loved to have played. Like, the biggest one for me that I hated was Spider-Man because it looked so good when it came out. And I was on Xbox, and I just was hating the fact that I couldn't play it. Yeah. I hated it. Um, And it's on my list of ones to to buy now that I've got got a PlayStation. But, yeah, Mm. absolutely hated that. And I'm sure people hated that with, with Halo and things on the Xbox side of things. Yeah, it's tough. I mean, exclusivity is just like a conversation that is just will always be around Mm. and it has its good and bad points at all times. It always will. Um, If if everything was exclusive to PlayStation, then Xbox wouldn't have had such a bad generation last last time, I guess. But on the flip side of that, because they had a bad generation on the Xbox One, they are now spashing it with like things like Game Pass and FPS boost and they're doing all this consumer-friendly stuff to try and bring people over. Mm. Buying out all these studios, not just all the Bethesda stuff, but like buying out Ninja Theory for like the new Hellblade and stuff like that. Yeah, all of this stuff that's happening is a result of big of exclusivity and the fact that they had a bad generation. So it's like good and bad points come out of this sort of stuff because if there was no exclusivity and there was no competition, then mm. we wouldn't have anything like Game Pass. Like it would still all be like the Xbox 360 still, you know. So yeah. it's kind of it's a weird it's a weird sort of system. We need it. We we need it and hate it at the same time. So it's, exactly. it's actually it's actually driving um, investment into console platforms and content for consumers like Game Pass. Yeah, there's no way they would have like the, yeah the amount of like it's so it's such a good 
thing, the amount of content that's on Game Pass is unreal. Ridiculous. Yeah, I was going to mention this. Um, on After the roundtable, uh, Bethesda released uh, 20 games onto Game Pass, which is ridiculous. Uh, 20 games were added onto Game Pass to the fanfare of Xbox owners, but simultaneously um, raising debate amongst PlayStation owners, obviously because of the whole um, Starfield and um, what you call it, the next Elder Scrolls game. But yeah. yeah, it's yeah, it's like down. you said, it's just such a ridiculous, such a ridiculous deal. Um, when you look at Game Pass as a consumer, it's like it's it's ten dollars a month in the US, mm. and you get so many games. Like uh, most most of the games I have installed on my Xbox right now are from Game Pass. Right. Like I I haven't bought any games for my Xbox yet, not one. <laughs> Why would I? Wow. I've got no reason to buy it. Yeah, so it's and ridiculous. You've, you've got this. You've got a huge catalog to get through as well. You could, mm-hmm. yeah. You might not ever buy a. I guess it's those big ticket AAA launches that might tip over the edge. But there's not. But even then, else. yeah. I mean, if you get Game Pass Ultimate, you get your you get Xbox Live included, which is like I haven't bought Xbox Live Gold because I I don't have to because it comes with my um, Game Pass, right. and then all the games, all the first party games that are coming out on Xbox come out. Uh, day one on Game Pass when you've got Ultimate. I think it's probably the same on base Game Pass, I'm not sure. But the Medium came out and I played that day one. And you can play it on a little handheld and you can play it on the PC and it's all... Ridiculous. Yeah, it's crazy. Absolutely amazing. So yeah, I mean, a lot of people yeah. like us, we have consoles and PCs now um, where that's also becoming a massive massive driver. Like I'm not, I'm not sold as to which console I'm going to buy next. I'm definitely going to get a next-gen console Right. But it's going to come down to what I've played, what's out, what's coming out, and what I can buy, and how much yeah. money I've got. So all those it's, factors. It's, still it's a strange, on. yeah, it's a strange sort of, uh, like, like yourself, if, if someone's on the fence of buying an X-Gen console, like which ones you go for, it's either like you are going to really struggle trying to choose one or just get them both. But that's the best way to go about it, I guess. Yeah. I mean, Maybe not but, at once, though. That's the whole point. Right. You know? It's a lot of money. Right. Yeah. It is a lot of money. and. I'm super serious about video games and stuff. So like yeah. I, I dived in day one on both of them, but I know most people aren't going to be like that and for good reason. Mm. But it's such a hard choice. Like with, between the exclusive library that PlayStation have got and just the, the immense sort of deal that you get out of Game Pass, it's such a hard decision to make. And I, I don't know how anyone would, honestly. I'm not in a rush now though, because the PS4 the, the PS um, Pro is, is great. Like the load times on that are really Pretty good. Pretty solid. Yeah. yeah. So I'm having a great time, and it's looking great 4K on my 4K TV. Right, you it's know. got all the upscaling um, yeah. technology in that, I guess, as well. So yeah. yeah, and my TV has as well, so it's got um, upscaling as well with with the HDR. Yeah. So yeah, I'm having a great time. So I'm not in a rush. <laughs> yeah, I don't, uh, I don't blame you. No, um, but yeah, it's it is it is this whole um, Xbox and Bethesda sort of deal that's come through. Um, it's going to be fascinating, but again, I, th- I think you're right. I don't think we're going to see the like the the true fruits of the labor until like a couple of years down the line. We've got but, some groundbreaking press releases that we know are going to be happening, right. like what what game is coming on what console and when. Like yeah. the next few years is just going to be crazy, and like I guess PlayStation people can only that are only going to be PlayStation people have to just hold their breath and and wait. And just... uh, they have to take their medicine honestly I mean yeah. this is this is a weird situation because um, like for the whole of last generation PlayStation 
like exclusive sort of fanboys work. The console war, didn't they? This last year. Yeah, no, absolutely. Like without a doubt, they yeah. definitely won it. But like the whole the whole fan base was just mocking Xbox owners. Like you've got no games and stuff like this. And now the tables are turned a little bit, I think, and they've got to sort of swallow that. Like that's 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 the deal. Like if this is how it feels to like be on the receiving end of this, like you see a cool game come out on Xbox, you're gonna have to either deal with it or just you know shut get up. On, get <laughs> you know, get on Twitter. Right, yeah, and complain about how bad the game looks and stuff because that's what people do. But this is Cons- the Console world sucks. If, if, if we lived in a world where people didn't try to hurt other people's feelings on the internet, <laughs> which we don't, I mean, never were. That is an ambitious statement. Come on. And if all the tweets about wanting games were just made with love and respect and were just like a, an expression of desire... We might be living in a different world where execs or like shareholders might actually be persuaded to get more things released on all the consoles. <laughs> yeah. Do you know what I mean? But because yeah, no, it... like the whole, like if I was a shareholder and I didn't know much about games, I don't know much about games, I'm just kind of interested. Um, right. You know, there's so much to do with the share price that's to do with perception of wealth and perception of whether or not a company's doing well or not, whether or not yeah. a dev's doing well or not. And, you know, the internet has a part to play now. Didn't used to before where we, you know, had print media for like reviews and things. Everything is now based on um, consumer perception. So like Cyberpunk, I think the consumers got too involved in before the game was finished. It got too involved when it was being released. And it's been too involved in the process since then. And I think it's the consumers have been talking to the shareholders indirectly and the devs are just caught in the middle being told what to do that's a fair assumption actually i mean it's 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 tough because like working at a third party developer myself like when you see these sort of news stories break and it's very much out of your control even if it isn't true sort of thing like stories happen all the time for all sorts of reasons across the industry and even when it isn't true like you're sort of sitting there like thinking okay like uh, we have to just wait and see like how this pans out because if it, if everyone turns negative then the stocks go down because the shareholders see it and then it's just this weird situation it's very disconnected you know mm. and it's like you said i think it's just the players are having this sort of weird indirect um conversation with shareholders to the point that it's it's it can be detrimental but at the same time it can be good because a game mm. can get lifted up as well out just out of the ashes sometimes yeah so yeah, very for interesting. For both reasons. And it's always better for everyone when it's um, fans praising things or wanting things. And it's it's always right. bad whenever anyone's sort of moaning or complaining or using swear words or death threats. To things. <laughs> right. Which isn't surprising, but we're still in this situation where no one's learned their lesson on the internet by the sounds of it. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's one of them things like we're constantly reminded of um how these cycles go through and we should we should have learned this lesson by now but we just haven't (laughs) i don't think we ever will i mean i think like every time this sort of thing does happen i think there is like an extra shareholder somewhere that's like "Hmm, maybe i won't listen to them fans next time so it might slowly be changing but from like the outsider's perspective when you just take a look step back and you look at all of this stuff Hmm. i don't know yeah it's it's fascinating because that's what the round table for me was for. It was for the shareholders to be like, don't I worry, so it's all good. There'll be some tweets coming your way or our way right. and it <laughs> won't be pretty, but don't worry because it'll be fine because we'll make some money. Yeah. 
I think uh, like yeah. uh, without the conversation of like Game Pass around that, I think they would have had that. I think they would have had that just that wave onslaught of tweets from people just saying this is terrible like why would you do this like mm. you're just swallowing up a, a company which we all love and stuff mm. but i think like wrapped up in the conversation of how well microsoft are doing right now i think it's sort of it was just perfect timing in terms of like when yeah. they could have done it and when they should have done it if this was announced like before the xbox series x came out and game pass had really taken off i can't even imagine it would be absolute chaos that's interesting like that order does change the perception yeah it could have it could have gone a different way yeah i mean it 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 works both ways that as well this whole um like the zeitgeist movement of perception of companies like mm. sometimes like when ea were going through their sort of uh slump when uh mass effect andromeda came out and at this, around the same time as anthem and they just had a bad year and this happens the loop happens with Ubisoft stuff. all the time as well. Mm. And just like the it just builds up into this sort of glob of just bad news. Mm. Then when like news stories that wouldn't normally have made the headlines come out, they bubble up to the top and then everyone like jumps on them and it's like, oh everyone let's hate EA. And it becomes this thing mm. which sucks for the developers and this and the shareholders notice that stuff. You know, like they're just like, oh, like everyone hates this company. No one's gonna buy from them, so I'm not gonna buy anything from them. Mm. But it doesn't always work that way. Because like you, I work. They at, still make money though, don't they? They're yeah, still exactly. It in, even though. And they're still they're still selling games. People are still buying. Like yeah, we hate EA all of a sudden, but then EA sells record numbers of FIFA and Madden every year. And yeah, people forget was, that. There was some. I can't remember if it was on some sort of podcast I was watching, but there was like a don't buy um, Assassin's Creed. There was like a don't buy Assassin's Creed right. Discord or something, or it was linked to Steam or something, and all these people that are on. I somehow would read their Steam pages and someone did a screenshot and it showed that they'd all bought it. So like a few yeah. years ago, they were saying, you know, boycott Assassin's Creed and they'd all bought it by the time the game came out. Happens all the time. Like I talk to gamers that have worked on games, uh, that play games which I've worked on and they'll say, oh, you know, I didn't like the last um, three Assassin's Creed games. And it's like, why the hell do you keep buying them? <laughs> you know, it's just, yeah. just like, I just don't get it. Like the thing which I've always said to gamers, and I always, like, and I say this now, like, don't ever pre-order a game. No. I'm not I saying that as a, right, don't ever pre-order a game. And I'm not saying that as like an, like an Ubisoft representative or anything like that. I'm just, as a consumer, like as a normal gamer, don't pre-order anything and vote with your wallet. Like that's the biggest thing that you can do because that is the only thing that companies really listen to. Is yeah. If, if sales go down, they're like, okay, we'll react. We're not going to do that next time. If you just complain about it and then still buy the thing, they're going to be like, yeah, they complained about it, but look at the sales, you know? The, only, not, counter argument, the only counter argument I can think of that is my experience with The Last of Us 2. Right. Where I bought, so according to the sales sheet, like I love The Last of Us 2 because I bought like <laughs> The Last of Us 2 console. Yeah. Um, and I didn't like the game. What a painful reminder, by the way. <laughs> so I look every time I <laughs> just look at that up. box on the TV and it's yeah. like, oh, it's that game. But I've got the Ghost of uh, Tsushima sort of wallpaper on on the on the Perfect. UI. There you go, so, fixed. Yeah, fixed. I agree. Um, yeah. But what was my point? Um, yeah. So on paper, I really love the game. Yeah. In in practice, I don't. I didn't like pre-order it. And then, but in hindsight, would I should I have then watched gameplay? I wouldn't have wanted to spoil it for myself. Should I? Yeah, it's that is a that is a good spoilers. point. Spoilers. You just have to use the marketing to get the hype, and so the marketing was all hyped up, and it all looked like the first game. 
and all the marketing is pointing towards it looking like i think that's a unique situation though because i think we've discussed this before but like the whole like the lies that were put into the last of us marketing campaign and they were lies like you can swing it no matter what you what way you want if you really enjoyed the game but if you just look at it from like an ethical standpoint the way that they marketed the last of us part two they sold the game based on something that it wasn't they were advertising story beats which had nothing to do didn't exist they literally doctored stuff to be in the market and that didn't even like False advertisement, basically, mm. like 101. Like, mm. it, no matter how you cut it, like for a positive or negative, if you enjoyed the game, then it worked great for you. Yeah. But it, it is false advertising. Like, they, they marketed the game that way. Um, that's not that common, I guess, like, because guess people not. are, yeah. Because people don't have enough balls to do that, right? Well, okay. not really, not really courage, but it's more to do, like, they, they don't have the momentum of such a huge game to be able to do that and get away with it, like The Last of Us did. Mm. If if in the, if in the um, Assassin's Creed Valhalla marketing they said yeah. most people will think it's a bit like really long. Mm. If they had that line, I probably wouldn't have bought it. Yeah, and I haven't completed it. Yeah, no, I, I still haven't finished Valhalla. It's, yeah, it's not a bit long. It's really long. It's too long. Yeah. I would I would argue it's actually too long. Um, I worked on that game. Um, I still haven't finished it. Like I'm, I'm like a hundred hours into it, and I go back to it every now and then. I do an extra mission. It's like, oh crap, I still haven't finished this. Yeah, this county, you know, and it's it's too long. I I don't I don't like the new Assassin's Creed trilogy. I've been very vocal about that. Um, there's people in the studio that probably think that way as well. Like people mm. are working on the game. Like, yeah, I wish this game was long, uh, a little bit shorter. Yeah, but you know, that's where the money is. Like, if, again, vote with your wallet. I mean, if you don't like the long games, then don't buy them. Um, yeah, like a. Uh, uh, seen a lot of gamers complain about like oh i really don't like the direction that they've gone into with uh, origins odyssey and valhalla they're like they're just too long i don't really like the rpg aspects it's like okay but you bought all three of them mm. that's so, that's the first that's the first mistake that you and made. you paid you paid more for them than the original trilogy right because they were they, they, they cost more so right. it so the balance sheet shows that I you actually, actually really like this stuff yeah the more how strange and it's it's interesting because like with um i keep saying it's interesting by the way that's gonna be my thing which i when i like look back on the podcast i mean it's like oh my god i need to stop saying it's interesting but it is um it's it's a strange podcast thing it's okay right it's very interesting like 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 um but uh with with uh those games when people say they're too long and then they buy them all and then they're constantly like being told like the games are too long but people keep buying them and the, the sales are just going up and up and up and up and up like compared to like how mm. games were selling like around syndicate and unity mm. compare that to valhalla it's just it's night and day like they're they're on different scales i guess the point where they're like big titanic ships that can't move because you've got all these other generations so you've got the older generation that started with the original trilogy yeah and then you get these younger generations that know that they've heard of it and they know it's a good game inverted commas they know it's got a fan base and it's got a following and there's lots of money marketing so they've, they've right. seen it and it gets to the point where you can have a i would say it's a mediocre game there's some great great triple a elements to it some where you can see the money the where the money's been spent and you can see it's been spent really well some absolutely beautiful craft in the game hmm. and it's to this point where it's so big that it's affecting my relationship with the game right and i think not it's spending time on it and it it's weird that we're in this situation now where big games get bigger, they spend more money on it, they keep getting bought, and gamers, like for me, the happiness chart is going down as the money going out 
chart is going up. Yeah, I mean, it's it's weird for us because we like played these games when they were first introduced. So like Assassin's Creed 1, 2, and 3 and, and Black Flag and stuff like that. And we look at those and we think, okay, they're the ideal sort of Assassin's Creed to us. But at the hmm. same time, like if you go look back at the conversation around the IP back then, it was a lot of it was, oh, these games are too similar to each other. You know, you're doing the same thing over and over again. Oh, you're just rehashing and you're just changing the location. So, yeah. like, it's a different sort of complaint that was there. Yeah. And now that the games are in, like, okay, throw all that out. We do something completely different. Just make yeah. it big. We'll make it a J. We'll make it an RPG now. Like, it's yeah. an action RPG. It's not even an action adventure game. And now, it's like, the same conversations coming yeah. around of, oh, they're too long. You're doing this over and over again. I, I don't like this. It's like it's strange because like no one's ever happy. But at the same time, yeah. the sales are going up. So, like, what do you do with that? You it's know, tricky. as as a developer, it's so it's, hard. There's no yeah, easy it's very solution. Difficult. No, there isn't. Some, some things which I, which I admire, like how easy the RPG systems are. Mm. Um, but um, at the same time, I'm like, well, this isn't in depth. It's like, it's like fast food game. Yeah, <laughs> tastes good when you when you try it, but yeah. yeah. You this don't want to eat the whole meal. A, a slang right. Creed podcast. And this wasn't yeah, on much. the agenda, so apologies about that. No, not at all. Uh, yeah, <laughs> it's again like the whole vote of your wallet thing. Um, if you're yes. if you're if you're not if you're not happy with certain things, especially in the games industry, then Christ, please just don't buy it. Like, there's so many so many free reviews out there that you can read. Like, The Last of Us is a unique situation because people couldn't really talk about the the parts which would have been seen negatively like the whole marketing campaign they couldn't really spoil any of that without mm. ruining the actual game itself so it was it was a really difficult like i really feel sorry for journalists on on the last of us part two because yeah. they just had to navigate something that just was not like really doable but with a game like assassin's creed valhalla where you're, you're talking about like the game being too long or you got your own complaints about it and stuff mm. totally like understandable Mm. Um, all of that stuff is mentioned like a lot of the time within yeah. reviews. And I listened and I still bought it anyway, so I can't complain, right. can I? You're, right. you're, yeah. you're a part of the problem. You, yeah. you are the problem. <laughs> I should just totally shut my mouth and say, I right. bought it, therefore I like it. Goddamn hypocrite. No, <laughs> <laughs> no but I, mean, I think everyone's guilty of that to an extent. But it's, yeah. It's, yeah. it's important to remind yourself so you don't fall into that trap, you know. So that's, that's the best advice I can give as a developer that works yeah. at one of these third-party studios to actually... You know, if you want to make some change, like that's the best way to do it. It's just read reviews, read a few of them, yeah, or watch them or whatever, and just gain your insights. Like, all right, I'm gonna wait for a sale. Even when you do that, hmm. it makes a difference. Like, if you if you don't buy a game on day one, it makes a difference. Like towards like, oh, like they really didn't like this, so we need to alter our course, and and you know, it, it makes a difference. So that's it, the best piece of advice I can give. It's like what you were saying, where with the feed, the feedback isn't. Um... To a person's face like it's just mm. all on the internet it's all via tweets like if you went to a play and you didn't particularly like like you thought the play was very long you yeah. thought the play was very good but you thought the play was very long you wouldn't feel like cheated out of your money because you'd think well those you know everything else was really good like all the production and all the costumes and the makeup and the lighting and everything was all really good and yeah. i've given them you know my money's gone to them people that did that craft and i can totally get that with with assassin's creed like I know a big chunk of that money went into some, you know, or some stuff like some of your, you did some tattoos on that game, didn't you? I think. Right. Yeah. And did some other art elements as well, did you? Yeah. It was just bits of uh, environment stuff for environment stuff. the uh, settlement stuff. Um, yeah. yeah. Not, not too much. I was on a really short Monday flag game. No, I was only on it for like, it was like three months or something. It was really short time. Mostly on the um, 
main characters their tattoos. Like I was, I made like seven of them, I think, something like that. I can't remember. It was God. That was yeah, straight in, straight out. I guess awesome years stuff, ago now. Really, really, really fun. No, I only that was actually. Oh, when does the Assassin's Creed stuff? Who would have been the start of this year? Uh, start of last year, sorry. So start 2020. Last year. 2020. Yeah. Okay. Well, we're living in a time warp anyway, so it's okay. Right. Yeah. None of this time matters. Like it could, it could be, it could be 2025 for all I know. <laughs> 2020. Yeah. The beginning of 2020. So it's a year and a bit ago. So yeah, I've given you some of my money. Indeed. Thank you. I appreciate so it. So I'm okay with Look that. at all this lovely yarn that I bought with it. <laughs> Try my... Well, if I'd known that's what you were going to buy, I never would have bought the game. Right. <laughs> That's that's you voting with your wallet. See, it, now you're learning. Soft devs buying now you're yeah, buying wool all the time and mm. right. For to like sort of explain this, this is definitely oh. my wife. This isn't me. If like, you're listening and not watching the video, yeah. If you're listening on a on a listening podcast, there's lots of wool in the background. What you call yeah, yeah. yarn? That stuff is mine. Like uh, which you can't see much of, so it's all good. It's like a it's little bit library of game memorabilia. Eco, and then there's a load of Final Fantasy stuff. Oh, okay. And then, and then history books, and then Japanese, but yeah, it's a whole, that's a whole conversation. Okay. But yeah. for people listening, there's just a sofa and a little kitchenette behind me. Right. Because <laughs> he lives in a box. No, I'm joking. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. It's fairly accurate. Aren't we all these days? Let's be honest. Yeah. Some boxes yeah. are bigger than others. <laughs> <laughs> all right. This is, this is dragging out, I guess. Um, <laughs> Uh, thanks for listening. If uh, if you're interested in uh, listening to the podcast a bit further, then please um, stay tuned. I'm sure that there'll be an episode two and three and four and five, hopefully, because um, we'll see. Yeah, we'll see. We'll see. Have like, comment, um, subscribe. If you're on the YouTube, if you're listening to it through something else, tell a friend, I guess. Or indeed. Uh, and where can people find you on a Twitter, man? Oh, uh, I'm on acrylic pic- acrylic pixel. Cool. And you can find me. I'm at Hillfort Games. Uh, we tweet about random stuff. I'm sure Chris is going to be talking about his uh, game, and I'm going to be talking about my little Metroid character controller. Uh, yeah. Some of my concept art is on there as well. So if you're interested in any games development stuff, then feel free to follow along. Um, but yeah, that's all yeah. from us. Ask a question, engage, and yes, be our friend, please. Indeed. Please, please like us. Um, <laughs> but yeah, we'll uh, catch you in the next one. So until then, ta ta. Take it easy. Bye-bye.